This week's episode is brought to you by italki. As you know, italki is an online language learning platform where you can reach fluency in English by having personal, customized lessons and conversations with native speaking teachers. Plus, you can get a special offer of 10 US dollars in italki credits with your first purchase by going to the website go.italki.com/englishin10minutes. Happy listening. Welcome to English in 10 Minutes, real, unscripted English conversations about people, places, and their stories. After you listen to the episode, visit EnglishIn10Minutes.com. Today I'm talking once again with my friend Ted, and Ted, you're a very well-traveled man, and you used to live in Paris for a few years, is that right? Uh, nine years, twice, once for seven years, once for two years, so... Quite a long time, yeah. That's not bad. And then you told me once that you used to spend a lot of time underground in Paris in the catacombs. Can you explain that a little bit? Uh, yes. The, I don't know if many people know. Some people know just from the from looking at magazines or whatever. But actually, most of the left bank of Paris on the south side of the Seine River have underground passages dug out of the limestone because the, the these were limestone quarries. Uh, from where the rock was used to build the buildings on the surface. So uh, underground, there are passages that connect large rooms, basically, that used to be, uh, that used to be uh, rock quarries. Uh, and it's an elaborate network of 300 kilometers. Well, 300 kilometers under of passages under the greater Parisian area and 100 kilometers of passages under Paris itself. So the magnitude of this is probably beyond what most people can imagine. It basically covers almost an, a ha- the bottom third, the southern third of the city, uh, and they they were created under Napoleon III in the 18th century. That some of the earliest street sign markings and the passages date back in 1777. That's probably the earliest one that I can think of. And they were official. Uh, there was a there, there's an agency in in Paris called the IGC Inspection Generale de Carrière. They 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 were in charge of patrolling and maintaining the security of the the of the catacombs. They they call them the catacombs. They actually are. Uh, they, they weren't created. I mean, there were there were rock quarries. There's a, a specific word in French, carrière, which which it describes it. But anyway, right? Because people when refer you think to of, it as as the catacombs. Because when you think of catacombs, you think of burial, uh, early burial places, or something like that. But this is really just a quarry. Yeah, yeah. The, the, and the tunnels, the passages were all created to access different quarries as as a network of passages to connect them so people could get around. Uh, and since then, especially in the post-war, I'd say probably in the 1970s was when it started, uh, people used to go down. It's, it's illegal. You have to either find your own way down, dig holes, use manholes. Uh, there are many different ways to get down the whole community. There's quite a big community called the cataphiles, uh, people, cataphiles, people who uh, like going down in the catacombs, and they get to know it. Uh, people get quite... Uh, uh, experienced and people can find their way without in the in the beginning if you have a map uh, you can find your way around I didn't have a map I went with a a friend and we were first led down by a 13 year old boy who was the son of my former boss in Paris and it just turned out that since he lived in the area in the neighborhood which was close to one of the known entrances at that time uh, probably the most popular entrance he took my friend Justin and I down and me down and then we explored a bit and we didn't have maps in those days. This was the pre-internet, pre-digital age. 
we actually mapped it ourselves. We had to crawl on our belly through these limestone passages to map it, and most of them went nowhere. We just got dirty and uh, for no reason. Uh, it was painful at the end of the day. It was sore from all the the, the clambering and scampering and, 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 and worming through uh, passages that you go through. And later on, we met other people that had maps. We got more sophisticated. And the rooms have been developed. Uh, the, the, there are a lot of artists that go in. They're just magnificent rooms. There's one room called the Le Chateau, the castle, where they've built a castle with little soldiers. There are chandeliers hanging from the roof. There are gargoyles, mud gargoyles of, of demons and things around the walls. Uh, and there are, there are dozens of these, these theme rooms. Another one's called La Plage, the beach, because there's a giant hokusai, Japanese-style hokusai tidal wave that someone painted across uh, the big wall. And the, some of these are huge rooms. The largest uh, party I ever attended had about 500 uh, people in one of these underground uh, rooms. Um, the, 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 the organizers for, were from uh, Brittany, uh, and they brought... They, uh, they had a, a barrel of beer uh, that they brought down. They had candles. In those days, it was pre-LED. Uh, they had these uh, glow strips. Uh, they served on oyster shells. They had hors d'oeuvres. And uh, uh, it was quite fancy. And, and they had to get pe- all these people in one by one through a, a manhole at night after midnight. So a, the, a whole queue of hundreds of people waiting in a dark alley behind. And the organizers, one by one, they would have someone climb down a ladder through a manhole down a 20-meter uh, ladder to access the room because most of the people at the party weren't cataphiles. They were just the invites, uh, party invitees. Right, so they'd never been there before. Yeah, they'd never been there before, so it was like a, a unique occasion. And then we were, when uh, my then-girlfriend and I were trying to get out, uh, we were coming up, and then we realized that there were policemen that were waiting at the top. And what they, we didn't know at the time, but what they were doing, they were taking down names uh, to give fines uh, to, to the, all the people that were coming out. And I, we didn't want to deal with them. We went back down. We, we forced our way back down the ladder. Because I knew the network, I knew other ways we could get out and avoid uh, the, the police trap. The others couldn't. That, that, that's how they came in. They didn't know. We ended up walking probably another three kilometers through passages, some of them with water up to your thigh. Um, it's clean water. There's no rats, despite what people think or, or, or anything growing down there. And came out a different passage in a different arrondissement, in a different quarter, in a different district of Paris, uh, which is actually closer to where I lived anyway. So it's it kind of convenient. We, we had to get home anyway in the middle of the night. So, you know, that's just one of the advantages of knowing your way down there. It, it's a whole society. It's a parallel society that lives down there. They don't live down there, actually. They, they go down. The longest people stay is maybe a weekend. Then they often have projects. It's an anarchic society. So there's no police presence they can do what they want occasionally the police send patrols down there every couple of weeks but if you know their timetables and the patterns you can uh, uh you can work your way around it i've never been i've probably been one of the people that has gone down the most often probably in the order of hundreds of uh descents without getting caught i've never been caught there have been close calls um there have been very lucky calls there have been uh, police dragnets where they've come around on a party night when they've collected many people, and then uh, with the, the cataphiles, they often, their defense mechanism uh, is a smoke bomb. So they often have these bombs, it's called a fumigène in French, a smoke bomb, where they set it off, and then all the passages from a kilometer around all get fogged up, and you can't see your way. You have no zero visibility. And they do that so that to try and get the police off their scent, so that they can escape. Uh, but the, the, the police, uh, the IGC, they're, they're, they have agents that are also trained in kind of uh, underground uh, 
operations, and they're, they're very clever as well. So they can cut, if they know where they think you're heading, they can try and cut you off around, taking a different passage to cut you off at the other side. And if you, if you are trapped in the situation, once we were, you have to know basically by heart. Because all you can do is feel the wall. And then when you, when you reach a, a branch or a junction, you have to know whether you want to go straight or turn left or turn right. And you, you basically have to know it to get out. And we ended up, in, in, in this operation, we managed to make a big loop. And we were very lucky. A lot of cataphiles were, were snared in this operation. Dozens, probably, you know, might have been even over 50 because there, there was a big party going on. And we managed to get out again un, unharmed. But we were very lucky in that case. And so the police, they're really trying to stop it. The people are thwarting Not them. really. It's more of a cat and mouse game, I would say. If the police were very serious about it, they could. There are ways they can just basically shut and seal everything off. I don't know if it's because they don't have the, finan- the financing, the, the funding to do that. They, you know, they could do that. They, every once in a while, they, they seal entrances uh, for the, the entrances that are through tunnels to, to burrow in. They, they inject concrete into them to seal them. But the cataphiles, it just takes them about a month, and they can dig a new hole through the concrete, and they just find another hole somewhere else. The manholes are sometimes sealed. They solder the, the manhole covers so that you can't pull them off to go down. But then the cataphiles have uh, uh, desoldering. They're, they're quite technically quite good. Uh, many of them are engineers. There's one famous room in the, in the catacombs, uh, which is actually a functioning cinema. They actually dug out carved seats. They have a projection screen. They stole the electricity from the metro, the, the underground metro, uh, the subway. Uh, they tapped that power to basically run a functioning bar and cinema where they had parties. It's very, very impressive. You can find videos of that on, on YouTube or Daily Motion. Daily Motion probably better for that. No, it definitely sounds really impressive. So uh, anyway, next time anybody's in Paris, uh, try to get down to the catacombs. Not so easy. You basically have to make contacts because it is still an illegal activity. So uh, I don't think the, the, the fine, by the way, is about 30 euros. It's not backbreaking. It's not, uh, not going to stop anyone from going down. And the people who are, who are into it are very passionate about it. And right. so they'll, they'll continue to find new entrances and develop new rooms and culture. All right. Thanks a lot, Ted. listening to English in 10 Minutes. To download a worksheet for this episode, including the most useful vocabulary and a full transcript of the conversation, visit EnglishIn10Minutes.com. Music